0: episode 115 with some basic common sense truths about what it takes to start grow and love your teaching business. Now today I want to talk about one of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur in my experience and certainly in the experience of a lot of people around me who are in the in the tutoring business and who have other entrepreneurial lives. And It's about people and relationships, and I want want to get this out there, especially for the people who are thinking of going into business, who are new to it, who are in business, but new to it, and people who have been around it in the game, as it were, for a long time, but can be discouraged from time to time when there is conflict with other people. This is the toughest thing about being an entrepreneur. It's what it's going to do to your relationships, because when you're working for yourself, you're usually working on something that is almost a love affair. It's what you love to do. Otherwise, why the bloody hell are you doing it? Go and get another job working for someone else. Because if you're going to be unhappy, just do it on a terms where you can walk off at the end of the day. Don't let it consume your life being busy, doing unhappy things. All right. Entrepreneurs are by definition misfits because we're a minority. But I think it's important that we recognize that and we we figure out how to deal with it because we people in business for ourselves, entrepreneurs are different from ordinary people who I call civilians the cogs don't always mesh. I mean, we live differently than they do. We think differently than they do. We certainly act differently than they do. And most of all, I think we believe differently than civilians do. We almost live on a different world. My brothers have always called it planet, Neil, which was my own little bubble of do my own thing and, and screw the rest of the world. Cause I honestly don't care. What the rest of the world thinks of me and entrepreneurs we don't fit in we don't do what other people want us to do all the time we we don't go along with stuff for a quiet life we certainly don't hang i mean hanging out on there's a word i have total contempt for it's chillax i mean what the actual you know chillax what does that mean to you? When I hear the word, I just go, that is by definition, just squandering your time, sitting on your ass, doing nothing, probably eating Doritos and watching crap telly. Let's not chillax guys. Entrepreneurs tend not to socialize as much. I mean, you can be busy socializing, but you'll be socializing usually with a different group than you used to. There's so, a, a phrase that that I use a lot, a lot is: "Don't do pointless shit. Don't do stuff that has no end other than doing what that activity is. If you find watching the telly intrinsically rewarding, then watch the telly. But if you find crafting an article, or working on a song, or figuring out how to express a concept to one of your students, or how to finance an acquisition in the business. If you find that more rewarding than watching telly, don't watch the telly guys. Similarly, don't go and do socially normalized activities that you don't enjoy. Uh, Both my brothers play golf. I love my brothers dearly. I cannot bear the idea of spending half a day or three quarters of a day, on a golf course, knocking a little ball down a strip of lawn, trying to get it in a bloody hole. It just drives me crazy. That to me is not the best use of my day. My brothers don't get it because they love golf. They find it immensely rewarding. I find it tedious and it eats at me every minute. I'm on the golf course. I can play golf pretty good. But every minute I'm on the course, I'm thinking, Jesus, I wish I was teaching or I wish I was figuring out how to do that property deal. Wish I was working on that course that I'm putting together. Likewise, going to the pub just to get out the house. If you've got a need to get out the house, maybe you need to have a different life when you're inside the house. If you need alcohol to escape from your day to day life, maybe you need to change your bloody life. I mean, come on, escapism. Why do we need escapism if your life is intrinsically rewarding? As an entrepreneur, that's kind of what you're immersed in day in, day out. And even holidays, really. When I'm on the beach, I'm lying there thinking, I wish I was teaching. I wish I'd bought a pen and paper with me. I could be writing stuff down. I wish I'd bought a book. I could be learning something. I loathe beach holidays. Not very good on activity holidays either, because all I want to do is get back to doing what I love most, which is teaching and playing guitar and building the business. In fact, three years ago, the flight was booked. The hotel was booked. My bike was in the back of the car. I got as far as the airport. And I turned around and came on. I didn't want to go on holiday more than I wanted to come home and teach. So entrepreneurs, I guess, I guess we're on it. We're always on, we are switched on. We're always in the game and we're always thinking about how to play the game better. We're restless and relentless. We're compelled to keep trying and to keep doing what we love just a little bit better. And that's bloody hard for people who are not involved in that world. I ain't no bones about it. It is very, very hard. There'll be casualties around you. And the tragedy of this is that often it's not us who's getting hurt. Other people can end up paying the price for us. That'll be relationships, the families and our friends, because Honestly, guys, being an entrepreneur changes us and a lot of people won't like it because they love us for who we are. We're changing and who we're becoming challenges them. When we change and evolve, it strains the boundaries of the relationship. And frankly, we often outgrow them and we can't stand being around people whose worldview is radically different from ours. So I want you to be prepared for pushback or more likely pullback. When you don't hang out anymore with people, they'll, they'll ask you to come out. They'll be on the phone. Come on, take a night off. Come on, let's take some time off. But the, the common analogy I've heard is that people are like crabs in a bucket. All in the bottom of the bucket. And when one crab somehow manages to get one of its pincers over the lip and start to pull itself up, then the other crabs will grab its legs and pull it back in. And people aren't doing this out of a spite spiteful or a malicious intent. They just want you to be you, as they've known you. Occasionally you'll get some nasty person who wants to sabotage you, but you You'll know who they are, and you probably know who I'm talking about here. But people will love you for who you've been. They'll want you to remain that way. You will get resistance. They will tell you that you're not the same. They'll ask if you still care about them. They'll criticize you. They'll tell you that you work too hard, that you're obsessed. they may tell you that you're selfish or too driven. And it's a sad fact, guys, and it's just bloody hard that despite your best efforts to placate them, sometimes you just won't be able to deal with that and you certainly won't be able to take them with you. The bottom line here is that as an entrepreneur, you don't fit the old story of who you are. It's hard for us to deal with it and it's much harder for other people because they're losing you or they're losing some influence or control over you. Sometimes that's really what they're missing. They're missing you and they're losing you as you were and how they've always known you, either as a friend, a lover, a spouse, whatever. So we either have to manage and redefine the relationship, which is hard, very hard to do, or we'll exit the relationship and often that's the line of least resistance neither one's easy it's brutal but it's absolutely necessary to recognize the reality that being an entrepreneur is hard on you and it's very very hard on the people around you I'd suggest though that you don't cave in you figure out the hard way to redefine and manage your relationships Because if you cave in to please a partner or a spouse, you'll often end up resenting them for making you give up or work less or lose focus. And you will blame them for your failures. Ultimately, you're going to blame them for your failure in not manning up and not making it happen for yourself. If the relationship and the blaming goes to that extent, Everybody loses. It's just horrible because you gave up your dreams to please someone else and you ended up resenting them because you gave up on your dreams. It's a hard truth, guys, but it is still the truth. Please don't ignore it. You may decide that your relationship is worth the sacrifice of your harebrained plan to run your own business, to become financially free and to control your own future. But if you do sacrifice your dreams, there'll always be a small voice in the back of your mind asking you what if and telling you that you could have been a contender. Now you're going to have to listen to that until the day you die. Unless you find a way to silence and control that, the little voice will always remind you of what you might have become, of that natural inner drive to excel and become everything you could have been. It's a constant reminder that you're settled. The voice will never be quiet. It will never be silent. Trust me on this. The innate drive to achieve that driving urge to, that compels you to get up in the morning and get busy, it's in your biochemistry. Go and look at the effects of a chemical called dopamine if you want to check this out. That drive is always there, it never goes away. Society and the people around you will want you to control that drive and fit in. It's very, very hard to square that circle up. But I think what I want to flag up here, guys, is that life is not a popularity contest. Your goal is to pursue your dream, have your own business, be your own boss, control your own life and your own destiny. Your goal is not to be on everybody's Christmas card list. OK, you're going to be unpopular with some people. You're going to be popular with some people. It doesn't matter. In, in the game of business and in life. There's a price to pay. A lot of people aren't going to like it, but they're going to have to deal with it as you pay the price for your own success. Sometimes they're going to pay it for you. You're just going to have to see how it goes down. So what I'd like to offer here are some survival tips and lessons I've learned. Um, I call them lifelines and landmines. And here they are. First of all, it's your life. Nobody else can live it for you and vice versa you can't live your life for someone else they can't live their life for you live it your way those around you who get it they'll cheer you on and those who don't they won't they'll howl you down rather than cheer you on we come to the end of our lives guys and we die alone and we answer to ourselves So I suggest it's a great idea to look back on a life lived daringly and courageously, how you wanted to, doing what you thought was important and valuable. Secondly, nobody cares. The universe is too big and too busy, too cold and indifferent to really care about you. And most people are so absorbed in what they do, that they couldn't give them monkeys what's really going on. I say, if you knew how little other people really care about you and how much they think about you, you will be appalled. To a lot of people, a broken fingernail is more important than whether you're having issues in your business. So, what I suggest is that you develop a hard carapace of, of skin, of body armour, if you like. So, other people's criticisms and comments just bounce off you. Don't care what other people think. Caught neither approval or program. It'll arrive by itself. Both are imposters. Number three is listen out for flattery in disguise. Other people's criticisms, they're their resistance to your change and the pushback that you'll get is positive feedback. It's indicating that you're changing and that people are noticing. Um, I'm often called weird, and weird is actually my favorite word. Weird for most people means that you're an oddball, you don't fit in, but weird comes from the old uh, English word weird, which meant originally having the power to control and influence your own destiny. So when somebody calls me weird, I just say, thank you very much. That's wonderful. I think you're pretty weird too. Again, flattery in disguise. When someone says that you're obsessed with what you do, that's not a bad thing. Guys, what they're telling you is they're noticing your focus, your clarity, your ability to work long and hard on your big thing. When somebody says you're obsessed with your work, that's brilliant. What they're recognising in their terms is that you're in love with it, you're engaged in it, and you're busy in it. Now, when they tell you, oh, we never see you these days, why don't you come for a pint or let's go for a curry? That's really an indication that you're managing your time and not squandering it. You're putting your precious time into the thing that matters most to you. And you're certainly not bloody chillaxing. I hate that word. Um, but people comment that you're, you're a driven person. I mean, I think driven is a good thing. I mean, at what point did ambition, focus and hard work become socially unacceptable in a nice, fluffy, you know, being nice and fit in kind of world? Any deviation from that bland, idiotic normality, people think that's automatically bad. It's even pathologized turned into invented medical conditions like ADHD and OCD. People who challenge the accepted norms are often called sociopaths or even psychopaths. I mean, that's the level of how far off beam most people are these days. You look back into history, all the great high achievers, you'll see these traits, these markers for what we now call ADHD, OCD sociopathy, obsessional person, or some kind of psychopathy like Tesla Edison Einstein Newton, Turing Mozart, Ford Gates, Buffett, Musk I mean you could just write out who's who in history they've all been uh, ADHD, OCD sociopaths or even psychopaths. The people who make a difference are different. We as entrepreneurs are different. We fit the profile, you know what I mean? So number four in my list of lifelines and landmines is listen to the language. Controlling language is a red flag, especially for me, the word Two, that's T double O. Remember that anytime someone says that it's too much, too little, too this, too that they're relating it to what they think normality should be like. This is called normative language. And it's a powerful way to impose a sense of control and duty on people. Now it's a joke in my family that there's something called normal for Neil. Now, normal for Neil is working seven days a week, doing what I love, getting paid very well for hanging out with people I like, playing guitar, doing things I enjoy. So it's seven days a week, up to 18 hours a day sometimes, sometimes more, sometimes a bit less. Now, for someone in a Joe job, like 36 hours a week is too much time at work. And they just want you to stop being so bloody awesome and focused and stop making them feel so inferior. They'll say things like, you work too hard. There's too much going on in your world. They might even tell you that you're getting paid too much for doing what you enjoy. And right? how messed up is that? When you're successful, they say, how much is enough? And they'll try to impose their set of conditions and expectations on you. And this goes across the board. In relationships, I once dated a woman who said I was too happy. I mean, how strange is that? I didn't know there was a cap on happiness at the time. And I said, well, how miserable do I need to be in order to be in her life and to have her in my life? That relationship didn't last that long. So number five, solitude is not loneliness. Remember, guys, eagles fly alone as an entrepreneur. You'll need time alone and you'll learn to relish it, to think, plan and do the work of building your business in your life. You have to get comfortable in your own skin and enjoy the silence to go into the silence. That might mean that you have to stay up super late or get up extra early before everybody else is up and about and the chaos of the kids and the family crash all over you. If you're building a side hustle, you'll have to find a time to be alone and work on that. And people are going to be resistant to you taking that time away from them. So be aware of it. Remember, Eagles fly alone. Number six, then, is be hard to reach. Guys, your mobile phone is not your friend. It's a source of constant distraction. It's a time vampire that pings and buzzes every time one of your contacts has a brain fart. Turn it off, put it on silent or make it hard to reach. For me, the phone often goes into the annex, completely separate part of the house. It gets left out in the car, or it's put somewhere in the house out of sight, out of mind and silent. If it's important, if there's an emergency, the people that matter most in my world have my landline number. But strangely, they're much more resistant to calling that than they are just pinging me a message on the mobile phone. So just on a day to day basis, my phone is off for hours on end. People can't get hold of me until I'm ready to talk to them. And one step beyond there is step number seven, which is go invisible. This is me getting away from home, getting out of the office and going and camping out in a hotel or a coffee shop to do the strategic thinking, the writing, the planning, the the brain work of taking my business forward. I am incommunicado to everyone Except the handful of people closest to me who can always get in touch with me in an emergency. And finally, number eight, remind yourself that whatever you do, you will be judged. So be the very best version of yourself you can be. Express your passion, your drive, you get clarity, focus and energy, and live your own life to the max. You'll get haters and you'll get fans. The haters will always hate somebody. It's who they are. It just happens to be your turn today. So screw them. Your fans, well, they get you and they love what you do. Love your fans. Either way, try not to get too emotionally crippled by haters. And just recognise that your fans show great taste. Remember, you're going to be judged. Doesn't it make sense to be judged for who you really are rather than judge yourself for caving in and giving up on what you really wanted by living up to someone else's standards rather than the high standards you set for yourself? Guys, as an entrepreneur, be prepared to be unpopular. Be prepared for criticism. Be prepared to be disliked. But do the work. Don't settle for a quiet life. And never surrender your own magnificent dreams in the service of someone else's little ones. So what do you think, guys? Have you experienced any of the things we've been talking about here? If you did... What happened? How did it go? What did you learn? What works and what didn't work for you? Get in touch via info at nilcamrida.com and follow me on Twitter where I am at Tutor Podcast. Remember to hit the subscribe button and you'll automatically get the latest updates as soon as they're live. As we wrap up for today, ask you to join me next time. Thanks for your company today. See you next time on the Tutor Podcast, where I'm still always going to be about how to start, grow, and love your tutoring business. Have an absolutely fabulous day. Bye-bye.